Welcome to day 32 of Crikey's Election Cast. It's Thursday the 12th of May, I'm Cam Wilson. Last night's debate between Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese was a much more civil affair. Our man in the West, Charlie Lewis, who was an absolute glutton for punishment, watched the whole thing. Earlier today, he spoke to audience editor Imogen Champagne about the clash and gave us an update about what he's seeing over in WA. But before I hand to them, Crikey wants to give away some free tote bags to our loyal listeners. I mean, they're really great. They've got this nifty little uh, democracy sausage illustration on them. All you have to do to get them is just send us an email at podcast at crikey.com.au. No strings attached, nothing behind the scenes. We, we just want to give something to the people who've been listening. Okay, over to Charlie and Imogen. Welcome back to Election Cast and good morning, Charlie Lewis. Uh, good, well, and good afternoon to you, Imogen. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you. Always good to be aware of our different time zones in this country. Yeah. <laughs> um, Charlie, last night you had the, the pleasure, I'm sure, of live blogging the final leaders debate. Um, before we talk about the specifics of who said what and who won, could you tell us a bit about the setup and format of last night's debate as they've all been a little bit different? Uh, yeah, it was an interesting one last night. So it was it was held by Channel Seven and um, the the only daily newspaper in WA, the West Australian. And um, I suppose in in many ways it was both implicitly and explicitly kind of pitched towards uh, voters in Western Australia. Um, so it was obviously put on at what was after 9pm for most of the country, but came in at a very, a very, uh, you know, doable 7pm for, for me and other people in the West. Um, it was uh, moderated mainly by um, Channel 7 uh, federal politics editor, uh, Mark Riley, uh, but the federal politics editor of the West Australian, Lenai Scar, was brought in to um, to ask a few sort of West Australian-centric uh, questions. And I think that really does chime with what has been a bit of an ongoing theme of the election. And, and I would say this, given that I'm in WA covering it, but um, it's the, the ongoing sense that uh, after having been a sort of real liberal stronghold for, for more than 30 years, uh, there is a real sense from both sides of politics that, that WA could be the place where all this turns now. And I think that's what was reflected in the in the timing and the kind of structure of the debate last night. Yes, WA is very important, Charlie, not just because you're there. What was the political state of play going into this debate? What kind of policies and ideas were the leaders pushing as the big issues that they wanted to talk about last night? Other than, of course, Morrison wanting to get out the, the loose unit that Albanese was again and again. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what that that actually was. I, I think you know, it, it, it's tempting to think that part of the reason it was happening at nine PM for most of the country was that uh, Channel Seven had bet that most people didn't really want to watch this stuff anymore because you know there wasn't that much appetite for this slightly dispiriting campaign anymore. But but it was actually quite a good day for the final debate to fall because there had been a real. A real sort of an, an outbreak of a sort of, of of politics, an outbreak of a sort of contest of ideas that had happened during that day. That that was because obviously Albanese had um, uh, argued that the Labour Party would support any kind of move to increase wages in line with um, the five point one percent inflation rates that we're seeing, uh, which is which which shouldn't really be all that controversial a statement for a Labour leader to make. That the idea that his party would be in favour of people not effectively getting a pay cut. Um, and of course, that was that was leapt upon by by Prime Minister Scott Morrison as economic vandalism and 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 proof that you know you couldn't trust uh, Labour and Anthony Albanese in particular on on the economy. Uh, and I think so. I think this sort of outbreak of this I, this very very core fundamental 
split between what the Liberal Party and what the Labour Party offer you as a voter, what they think, how they think a society ought to be organised. Um, I think it really sort of seemed to energise both the both leaders. Both of them were performing pretty well in front of the media, mostly during that day. And I think that, that kind of they took that into the debate. Yeah, definitely. It was um, it was a much more like debate of ideas last night rather than just a yelling on top of each other, I found. I mean, speaking of the yelling on top of each other, there was a lot of criticism of the tone of the last debate, which was aired on Channel 9, the hectoring, the incoherence, the bad tempers, and that's not to mention the tech failures that came during the voting. How did that kind of stuff all go this time around? Well, yeah, no, as, as, you, as you kind of alluded to there, it, it, I think, you know, based on the, the subterranean standards that we were all taking into this debate, um, it was, it, you'd have to say it probably was the best of the three. Um, it was uh, clearer, more coherent. Um, Mark Riley did a very good job. I think most people agree. He did a very good job of moderating it and keeping people sort of on their time and uh, stopping people from interrupting one another. There was a very clear directive that everyone would get a, a minute um, to answer each question uninterrupted. And um, it was a nice little touch that, th that there would be a little counter counter that counted down as people were talking as it got closer to zero you'd hear this sort of who wants to be a millionaire style rumbling um oh, sort of this game show. So nervous, even as a viewer yeah yeah it gave, gave you a real kind of like a bit of game show pizzazz which i think the <laughs> the event kind of needed um and so yeah i think so so based on the the kind of uh, dull but worthy first and utterly unwatchable and incoherent second this one came out as as probably the the, the, the most coherent set of ideas being being argued yeah. Of course, every debate has to have a winner. So who won last night? And well, I mean, I think everyone actually knows that Labour won last night, but how much did they win for? <laughs> uh, what does it mean for the government? And is was that a lot for them to have won by? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I, you know, in some ways, it, so I, I did the live blog for, for Crikey last night uh, covering it. And in some ways, that's the worst way to analyze it because you're just burning through the material as you go through. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, I think Albanese is doing really quite well here. I thought, actually, to be fair, both both of the candidates were in pretty good form. Uh, but then again, Morrison actually is a reason, you know, that, that format kind of suits him and he, he's able to bluster through very well. But, but Albanese had a bit more, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a bit more oomph about him, a bit more fire in him than I think we've seen so far in the campaign. So to that extent, I think, you know, it was it was sort of you could see that he probably was going to do quite well. But looking back, kind of thinking back to some of the answers, I, I realized that actually it's it's all about how these things are perceived a little bit, isn't it? It, it shows it shows the level of the perception plays in it that he appeared to be doing well, so he did do well. But some of the answers I actually looked back on when he was trying to argue what actually Labour's position was on a Fair Work Commission uh, decision on increasing um, the minimum wage, or when he was talking about job security and the gig economy, I, I felt like those points actually didn't land as clearly as they might have, um, and, and Morrison was able to brush them off quite easily. But as you, as you say, um, uh, it was it was fairly conclusive. They, the, the Channel Seven had corralled a, a group of um, undecided voters to assess, you know, who who they thought won the debate, and it was it was very conclusively in favour of um, Anthony Albanese. He, he got fifty percent of the vote there. Uh, as opposed to thirty-four percent for Scott Morrison and sixteen percent undecided, so it was, it was, it was as far as these things go, a sort of a bit of a landslide for Albanese. And so, Charlie, aside from live blogging the leaders' debate, what else have you been up to in WA? Um, well, I've uh, I've been having a lovely, I've been having a marvelous time. Actually, it's it's a, it's a really. Um, uncharacteristically miserable day today, I'm afraid to say, and I think it is for the next little while. It's, it's raining horribly. But um, so my, my sort of most recent trips have been um, to 
the seat of Dirac. Uh, and so that's basically the, the, one of the biggest um, single member electorates in all of the world. Uh, it's held very safely by um, Liberal Party's uh, Melissa Price. Um, and I, I really wanted to go there, even though it's not really, it's not where the action is in terms of Western Australia's seats that might change hands. No one's talking about uh, anyone other than the Liberals winning it. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a very safe seat. I think it's a really fascinating seat and it's very emblematic of a lot of the issues that Western Australia kind of faces. Um, it's so incredibly vast and massive. And of course, I went to Geraldton, which is one of the most nearby uh, regional hubs in the seat of Jurak, and that's still 400 kilometres north. Um, but the issues that are being faced by people in that area and, and in the Midwest in general, I mean, that's completely, you, you could go another four, you could go thousands of kilometres north and find, you know, remote indigenous communities, which suffering completely different issues and mm. so um it's it's a very very hard place i talked a lot to kind of um uh yeah kind of ag advocates for things like climate change in the area and you sort of talk about well how do you get an issue like that to really cut through in in a place that is so vast and so safely held by one party and of course it's very very difficult there was actually um a voices of Jurak kind of movement that was trying to get a, a a teal independent a teal style independent in that uh in that electorate they, they weren't able to do it for this election but they, they, they you know they're going to keep going with that but of course the, the the challenge there is that the 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 one of the things that all of the the really high profile and successful that they have they'll you know, they are local members with a high profile in in their area. Um, how you would get that kind of um, relatability across 1.6 square, 1.6 million square kilometers uh, is is unfathomable to me. So that's 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 been a real challenge for them. Yeah, very big challenge indeed. And Charlie's been putting up some really great stuff on candidates debates across WA. You should go have a look at it up at crikey.com.au right now. Just search for his name up there. Um, I think we'll end that there today. Thank you so much for joining us, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. Charlie Lewis talking there to Imogen Champagne. Thank you for listening to Crikey's Election Cast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Just a reminder, if you do want to get one of those nifty tote bags with a democracy sausage illustration, please send us an email at podcast at crikey.com.au. Okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>